Hello, Northern Michigan. Welcome into episode number 96 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Atnip. I'll be your host today. With me in the Get Around studio, my esteemed colleague, James Cook, and 7 and 4 is Harrison Beebe. With me on this first podcast in October. Uh, we talked about spooky season last week, but now everything really kicks into gear. The fall weather. It gets spookier? Yeah, I mean, the fall weather has actually hit. Now it's 50, 45 degrees during the day. and Well, today's Monday is great. Monday is great. This past weekend was a little chilly, but I, it got down to like 28 degrees overnight on Saturday. And this upcoming weekend is going to be like a high of 47 or something. Oh, I swear it was that cold. I camped out Saturday night. You were outside Saturday night? Yeah. How was that? Fine. <laughs> you were you were a little saucy though. You had a brewing thing all day. You've been dr- yeah. you, were, you were drinking all day long. I don't tell me that Maybe. it was. Maybe you were properly inside. Probably at least to a degree. Yeah, how'd that go? I heard Several you. Several degrees. Remember you taught a class. Well, that's did every, how I. Did everybody learn how to brew beer, James? I, I showed people how to brew beer. People that already knew how to brew beer, I showed them how I brew beer, and they were like, "Wow, what?" what? Or they all think that you don't know how to brew beer. Is it like an episode of Breaking Bad where it's just this huge scientific equation and you're the Walter White that produces 100% pure beer? Everybody's sitting there taking notes. That's dyed blue. I did make a pretty, uh, hopefully a pretty mean IPA. Had a lot of hops that I wanted to get rid of. Is it a double IPA? It's a double IPA. It's probably quadruple. My dad would love it. James just kept putting more and more and more and more hops. We need uh, more we, I, IPA. I, I, have, I have extra hops. Let's put more hops. Is that what you were telling the people? You're just like, you know, whenever, whatever kind of hops you have, just put them in. The I, other guys that were brewing there, too, I was like, hey, you want some of these hops? Just take some of these hops. <laughs> take some out. Well, we do have a loaded show for you guys today. As always, seems like there's always way too much to talk about and not enough time, but soccer districts are getting underway this week. We're staring down the barrel of volleyball playoffs coming up next week. Uh, you know, a couple different things have shaken out. Uh, in the Pulse, we're going to talk a little bit about conference titles along with Kingsley and Glen Lake football. That will lead us into our interview, which is with Glen Lake's Ben Kroll and Jonathan Wright, both seniors from the Lakers. We're going to talk to them in advance of their game with Kingsley this week, that salute to service game, which we kind of tabbed about six weeks ago as probably the biggest game of the season in northern Michigan, and it's starting to look like it, two 6-0 and teams. Oh, it's definitely looking like it. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to talk much more, li- more, much more about that before our interview. After that, we're going to jump into our little rotating game segment, and we're going to talk right, wrong, or still to find out. I'm going to make some statements. I'm going to have James and Harrison tell me if I'm right, if I'm wrong, or if we, if we really don't know the answer to the questions yet. Then we're going to go into the Hall of Fame. We're going to induct another worthy member into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Uh, three more very worthy candidates who will be up for nomination. And then in the trifecta, we are going to get into the spirit of spooky season and talk about our biggest fears. So make sure you stick around for that because I'm sure that'll actually be really interesting. But before we get into all that... I want to remind you that this episode of The Get Around is brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Jimmy John's Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. That is going to put us right into the pulse where we put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world. We're going to start off with a couple of teams from TC West that we're going to talk about. We're actually going to start off with the TC West tennis team this past weekend uh, on Friday, winning the Big North Conference Championship for the first time in 13 years. That was a goal that they talked about at the beginning of the year. I remember I did the tab story on them at the very beginning. They thought with nine seniors, this was going to be their chance. After winning that regional title last year, now they come, they win that big North Conference, which they haven't done in so, so, so long, and then now they have their eyes on a regional title. 
I mean, we, we talked about them a few times already this season, boys. Do you think that they're living up to the hype? Is this exactly the trajectory that we expected for the Titans? I think so. And finally, you did a, a tab story that didn't have the Jake break. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, finally, so, somebody the lived, anti up, to the, Jake break. lived up to yeah. the expectations, at least at least to this point. Yeah, I mean, that... I mean, it's been impressive. They've, you know, they've beaten DC Central for the first time in well over a decade. They've won the Big North Conference for the first time in, in well over a decade. They're just mowing people down left and right uh, in tournaments and duels and everything this season. Um, you know, I think they've absolutely lived up to the hype. And, and kind of impressive that Petoskey finished second in that. I mean, you would think that it would be TC Central, but uh, Petoskey came in second in the Big North Conference. Yeah, TC Central has dominated that conference over the last several years. Uh, it does seem like a little bit of a down year for them, but nonetheless, the Titans have taken full advantage. With them winning that Big North Conference title, obviously, they're just as good now as we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Do we think we can project that into the playoffs? Are you guys going to make it a lock for that regional title now that we know that you know they have beat some of those teams? I mean, why title? not? They know how to win at that level. They know how to live and win with teams around here. They're used to that situation. They trust each other. They've built up a lot of confidence. I, I, I don't see, I mean, a lock is a, a strong guarantee for a situation, but I don't see how they're not the proverbial favorites. Yeah, I would think so, too. I mean, last year was their first regional ever. Um, I don't know that this team, I, I think this team is just as good as that team, if not maybe even better. I think the depth is a little bit better. They're, they're, all four of their doubles flights are just incredibly strong, and that's where you can make up a lot on a lot of teams if, if you have that doubles depth. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely depth. think... I definitely think that they're they're stronger than they were last year. Like I said, with nine seniors, I I, I really think. I mean, you mentioned that doubles depth. I think that's what's going to win them these regional titles. Honest to God, their one and two singles fights with Jack Fisher and Alex Gerling have probably been their worst in win loss record this year. Which in Div- in Division One, you're going to get your best players up in that one and two rung. Yeah, that's the way it is a lot of times. But yeah. but yeah, no, but still, if if West can sweep all four of those doubles, which Eduardo Gonzalez and Will Craig, I, I've said, I think I've said this a couple times on this podcast, I think they're going to win a state title. Um, they, they've beat almost everybody that they've played this year, and they've done it in a good fashion. And they looked at that new pairing this year, and I know Eduardo Gonzalez was really excited when I talked to him at the very beginning of the year to be with Will Craig because uh, he said that he was a very consistent player and it was easy to get used to playing with him. But, I mean, if you have those four doubles flights locked up, you need one or two more flights to push a little bit deeper in that regional tournament and the title's yours. So I think it's a lock for the Titans. I mean, like you said, it's hard to Well, if an injury it. or something Yeah, it's happens, hard to just but... give it to somebody, but if we're talking about where they were at the beginning of the year, they have progressed mightily since then and going to show up at the right time. I think a regional title is uh, definitely within reach for the Titans. Another team at TC West that we want to talk about in the polls is the Traverse City West soccer team. The boys soccer team winning there. 10th straight Big North Conference title. Uh, they tied Gaylord last Tuesday after we uh, spoke with them on the podcast, brought uh, Caleb Kinney and Caleb Sipple on here last week to talk about their hopes of getting a Big North Conference title. They wanted to do it undefeated in conference slate. Obviously didn't happen with that tie to Gaylord, but then they went out in style winning games over both Alpina, and now they have with a game Batoski on Monday, assuming that they would win that game. Regardless, they already have the Big North Conference title for the 10th straight year. Do you guys see the dominance for them ending anytime soon? We've talked a little bit about these soccer programs that, you know, once they get in that upper echelon up here in northern Michigan, it seems like they get to stay. But is there anybody going to be threatening them here in, in the short run? Long term, I think part of the thing is the consistency at West. You had Jason Carmine there with the head coach for a long, long time and had the program where he wanted it. 
and handpicked his one guy that he wanted to take that over in Matt Grissinger. And he's taken it and ran with it. So in, until that changes, I don't know that it will that it'll change. Yeah. I mean, and and, they, and Matt's they got a young, the program set there. And Matt's a young coach. It, it's yeah. not. It doesn't seem like he's going to be going anywhere any anytime soon. You know, barring some. No, big he's light. very he's very happy what he's doing, and he's keeping up the the winning ways that Carmi was before him. So I mean, I mean, his wife is a coach over at Traverse City West. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that they're pretty ingrained there. So if if that's the program that they keep around, I I wouldn't disagree. I think they're just looking ahead. You know, obviously, ten straight years of BNC titles is all well and good, and they they wanted to go through undefeated. They couldn't tough task to beat every single team on your schedule but I think they want to reshape how they are in the postseason they want to be consistently winning district titles not just winning it once every few years they they want to get back there and make regional runs every year I think that's their they're kind of looking at the bigger picture the BNC titles are great but uh they're looking even farther ahead and for those other teams in the big north yeah are we going to see close battles like Gaylord and TC Central in future years of course we are but until we start seeing one of these end the streak, you know, I am hard-pressed to say that West is not just going to give it up that easily. Yeah, I mean, a decade of dominance has to even do something to your opponents a little bit. They know that West is going to be the favorite every single year, uh, so it does have a target on your back. But, you know, we've talked to a lot of athletes up here who like playing with that mentality, who like being the top dog and having people kind of chase them down. And, I mean, I don't think that the culture over there at West says anything differently than that's exactly the way that they like to do it after 10 years of all of the same. All right, next up on the docket, North Bay Volleyball has been tearing it up uh, this season. Another one of those smaller, well, co-ops, but smaller school teams that we need to look out for uh, have been doing some pretty good things in Division Three so far. They have a, a district that sounds pretty tough here coming up uh, in the playoffs, but do you think that North Bay is somebody to look out for coming down the stretch? I think they're definitely someone to look out for. Whether they can win a district is a is a totally different question because that is a pretty loaded district. Um, when you're talking, maybe they're the third best team in that district, you know, and that says something because they've been having a good year. Uh, but you got Elk Rapids and you've got Traverse City St. Francis in that district as well, and those two teams have both been tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, if you got to go through uh, Elk Rapids before you even get to St. Francis, depending on when they have to play, is going to be a tough matchup for North Bay. But girls like Natalie Ingerson. And Morgan Kohler, who I know we, we saw what her older sister Paige uh, did for North Bay over the last couple of years, so I would expect her to be um, some type of high-caliber athlete, especially um, in those lower divisions. I mean, both of the, both both those girls have led the North. I believe they have only four losses on the season. Um, so they've looked good so far, but I, I think there's somebody who could be a sleeper in that district. St. Francis, Obviously, coming off of that Final Four last year, but they lost a lot. You know, a lot of these teams we, we talked about on the four, they lost a lot. And I think it's a chance for somebody like North Bay or even Elk Rapids to sneak out of that district. It's going to take a Herculean effort to take them down in the early rounds because I'm not sure how the districts go. Maybe it, for North Bay, they might be happy, you know, maybe... Obviously, the girls would like a district title, but maybe they'll be happy with pulling an upset and making a run to a district final, uh, and that might be something that really boosts that program into the year going forward. I'm intrigued. I'm going to check them out on Tuesday night. They're taking on Kingsley, so I'm curious to see how they do against the top-level opponent like the Stags. You know, that, but Suns Bay could play with them. You know, they've got that. They've got Hersey and Perriard and a bunch of other good players to go along with uh, the, the two that you mentioned before. Uh, you know, they run that somewhat unconventional two-setter system that some teams may not adjust to as well so we'll see how it goes all right to finish off the pulse today gentlemen we are going to talk about 
what I'm sure we would slate. The game? Yeah, our game of the week. The biggest game of the year. Yeah, the biggest one that I kind of prefaced at the beginning of the show. Glen Lake versus Kingsley at Kingsley on Friday. Both six and O teams. It's a it's a non conference battle. It's uh, a cross conference battle. Yeah, but I guess cross division their leading uh, conference team. battle. Um, does not matter for their league play, but nonetheless, it's going to mean a lot for each one of these teams seeing this type of competition this late in the season. Uh, we have a lot to talk about with this game. First of all, uh, let's talk a little bit about both of these teams' games last week. Uh, both had very, very big offensive performances. Glen Lake and Kingsley both putting up about 60. Uh, Glen Lake putting up 59. Kingsley putting up a, a solid 60. But 67. 67. Is it 67? Yep. Yeah. yeah, against Benzie Central. That game broke 100. We saw Kingsley kind of have trouble with Benzie Central's offense this past week. Let up 42 points. Is that, that's right. 40. 40 points. So Kingsley let up 40 points to Benzie Central's offense, which we know isn't the highest powered deal. Um, you know, Glen Lake putting up 59 this past week. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup come this weekend, the Kingsley defense versus the Glen Lake offense. And if that is the case, if Kingsley's offense can keep up with that pace. But let's start off, guys. I w- I'll, I'll go one for you, Harrison, and one for you, James. Uh, Harrison, what do you think is the key to winning for Glen Lake? Execution on both ends of the ball for the Lakers has got to be on their mind. And they haven't really been tested all year. Even St. Francis, they won that game by three touchdowns. So maybe that's where this is kind of a, oh, wow, a team's actually right on us late in the game. Maybe that's where they... They start to show, you know, a little bit of a uh, realistic side of football that we haven't seen from them in a while because they've been so dominant all year round. But I think uh, for Jerry Andrews and company, just is just continuing to do what they've been doing and not not get uh, discouraged by maybe a mistake or two that they make in the game because I mean Kings is a talented team. There's going to be something that goes wrong on their end. We all know that. I think if Glen Lake can find a way to get ahead and stay in the driver's seat of this one, uh, stay ahead of that Kingsley offense as best they can and uh, do what they've been doing all year round, controlling the football, controlling the time of possession. The Lakers are going to look pretty good in a road game here. Now, James, what do you think keys for Kingsley are? Defense, defense, defense. You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that Kingsley's offense will be able to put some points up. I mean, they have just players on offense in, in Aiden Mullen, Payson Caballero, Tyler Inthazone, and Owen Graves that are just – too good not to. It's whether that defense can slow down Glen Lake, and they're going to have a, a big size discrepancy. I mean, Kingsley doesn't have a single guy on its team other than their quarterback who weighs over 200 pounds. Glenn he's Lake, not exactly a big boy himself. Yeah, he's like 208. <laughs> he's tall, but he's, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, in Glen Lake's offensive line is, I don't know, they got two 300-pounders on there and a couple 270s. Well, what you're telling me is their offensive line could probably outweigh their entire defense. Probably. If you put the five... Yeah. yeah if you Maybe we should have an Glenn eating Lake's contest. Line, yeah, against... Uh, the weight's probably about the same. So, so our Kingsley's going to have to find a way to, to slow them down. I mean, they, they gave up 40 to Benzie Central. Benzie Central doesn't have an offensive line loaded with hogs. And Glen Lake does. So, you know, how are they going to stop that? On offense, they're probably just going to try to spread it out and negate that size a little bit by making them go side to side. Yeah. Um, but on defense, can't really do that. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm not, I, think, I think one of the big things that Kingsley will have to do is use their speed, not only like foot speed, but use their endurance and get on top of them, run a, a quicker, that quick up, yeah, up-tempo style of offense. You, you, whenever, you, whenever you look at the difference between a bunch of small guys who can run fast and a bunch of big guys who can push hard, the only advantage I see is the 
small guys being able to run around the big guys. You might not be able to get through them or anything like that, but still using that speed to your advantage and then getting them tired. And like you said, if Glenn Lake has that tight game that they haven't had so far, get down in the fourth it's quarter. It's a little different feeling for exactly. them. Exactly. I don't. I don't know if you know. I don't know if those big guys will get tired or if Kingsley's going to be able to you know, run away with it at that point, or if Glenn Lake will already be up that far, that it doesn't make a difference. But, uh, yeah, I think Kingsley will definitely have to use their speed. And, I mean, we've seen what Glenn Lake's been able to do with their defense. We ha- we really haven't even touched on that so far yet. Uh, they have to watch out for Aiden Mullen. Like I said, with that speed, it's going to be a bit difficult to try and kind of clamp him down and, and hold him to, what, 200 or less rushing yards. Uh, but, but maybe they're almost, I mean, I'm not going to say Jerry's accepting of that, but maybe they're understanding that it's going to come, and then how do they offset everything else in yeah. that game, knowing Mullen's going to get his stats. Yeah, but Glen Lake's number one in the Division five, uh, Division six rankings. Kingsley has moved up to number four in the Division five rankings. So obviously one of the best games in the state of Michigan this Friday. On a top five matchup, obviously different divisions. But i got to ask you, fellas, who you got? You got number one versus number four. One plus four so, makes five. So, what what numbers are going to be? So if I decided to pick one, I'd take one. Okay. Right? I was going to say, what are the numbers going to be on the other side of that? Number one, Glen Lake. What's the score? Number four, Kingsley. What's the score? Oh, I don't know about the exact score, but this is going to be. A, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Maybe not as high scoring as Kingsley Benzie was, but I think you're going to see both teams get probably over thirty. So forty to thirty something. I don't so know. You're, so you're saying you're but, taking Glen Lake in the over of sixty? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would start setting the over-under at, like, 65. All right. That's a shootout. I haven't gone to Kingsley yet to, to cover practice. I'm doing that on Tuesday. I just came from Glen Lake's practice to come to tape the pod with you guys. Uh, it, Coach Andrews just harped on the fact that they got crushed last year by them. Like, that's still – that. It, hey, you're number one. Hey, this is the biggest manager. He's like, we lost to them 55-26 to 26 or whatever it was on their home field. They were embarrassed last year, and – they're not happy about that, and I know Tim Orr is not happy about letting up 40 points to Benzie last week either, so they both got something that's kind of lighting a fire under them to keep them going this week, but everything we've seen from Glen Lake so far this season and knowing that that revenge card is in this rivalry game, I mean, these guys go way back to the Northwest Conference days, So, and this used to be my game of the week a lot of years. I, I, I'm going to go Glen Lake as well, and I like where James heads at. I'll keep it a little lower maybe on the score, assuming the defense is kicking a little. I'll go uh, 35-24. All right, so a couple score di- different. I am going to stick with you, fellas. I do think Glen Lake's going to win this game. I don't I don't know that they'll be able to stop even Glen Lake's offense with Jonathan Wright, Reese Hazleton. We've already talked about the Hogs. That sounds like a big ask. Uh, for Kingsley, I know that is going to be a big problem for Kingsley. I know that Tim Ware is going to have his guys ready, and being at home, a salute to service. Seems like you know he has this knack for putting just a little bit of extra sprinkle on these big games, mm-hmm. making sure that there's just a little bit of extra energy put into these. So I, I don't think you can underestimate Kingsley, though. I mean, we've seen what they've been yeah. able to do. They over beat the last St. Francis. Yeah, they have a lot of the same. As I'm saying, they have a lot of the same. Uh, a lot of the same guys that they have: Aiden Mullen, Tyler Enthazone. Both those guys are very experienced on offense. I don't have a doubt that they'll be able to adjust and, you know, score a bunch of points, but I think you're about right, Harrison. I'm, I'm looking at like a 35-28, 35-30 type of game. So I, I think we're all going to go with Glenn Lake, though. So, And I guarantee you now that Tim Wu will be playing this podcast 
for this entire team. Well, and to back up my Patriot game thing. picks, uh, I'm basically giving the game to Kingsley now by picking yeah. Glenn Lake. Kingsley, congratulations on winning the game. But yeah, hey, I'm I'm always down to give some bulletin board material here at the get around. If it's something, if there's something that we can, it's going to be can... it's going to be a fun game. And win or lose, both these teams are going to learn a lot going forward. That's going to be to their advantage. So uh, you don't both, totally lose. In my both, yeah, they're both already in the playoffs. What's the worst that can happen? Playing them is going to make themselves better for the postseason. Yeah, you know, just hope, win to, or hope lose. to stay healthy. It's a non-conference slate. You know, they they got this late non-conference game. I'm excited. And that was the pulse, sponsored by Jimmy John's. With two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freaky Yeah. That is going to lead us into our interview with the aforementioned Lakers, Ben Kroll and Jonathan Wright, both seniors, and we're going to talk to them about the game coming up against Kings of this weekend and this season and what it's what it's all been about. So let's give a listen to that now. We are very excited to welcome into the Get Around Podcast Studio, Glenn Lake Seniors, Jonathan Wright, and and Ben Kroll. Hello. Uh, two football players from the Lakers football team, uh, Jonathan being a running back and linebacker, Ben playing on both sides of the trenches on the offensive line as a tackle and as a defensive end on the uh, defensive side. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yep. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. And I, big, I believe that Ben is the first offensive lineman we've had on the podcast. <laughs> The bi- the big hunks don't always get so much love, is that right? I know yeah, we but... try to we try to give try to spread the love. No, so. you know that's the thing. If we see them in the newspaper, we know we did a good job, so we take pride in that. So, <laughs> I mean, how often uh, how often do you look for those shout outs when they go? You know, shout out O line because you know you yeah. did the, you did the real work. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're just running around trying to get to the end zone. We're actually hitting people, so. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're gonna do we're gonna do this interview a little bit differently today. Uh, for the first time, we are actually going to do our Freaky Fast Five. Uh, nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Just five rapid fire questions. Um, we're gonna shoot those at these guys to start the interview, so we can kind of get to know them, uh, just like you. Before we get started, got a few lighthearted questions. We'll start off with uh, a real brain twister. Right. What do you do when a baby just stares at you in public? Like intensely unwavering, just stares at you aggressively. Like, what do you do in that situation? Wave. <laughs> okay. You know, you gotta stare it back, intimidate the baby, keep it, not let it stare back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's gonna blink first? <laughs> yeah. So, so we have the friendly one, and then we have the. This is the offensive lineman that we get in here. You just stare him down, back him away. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Can establish dominance. Right. Another good one. Have you guys ever seen your head coach, Jerry Andrews, wear pants? No. Never. I have. Nope. <laughs> yes. You have. You have. When and where? He, um, he was moving some furniture, and it, I think he was moving furniture, and like dropped something on his ankle, so then it got like all big and swollen or something like that, and then he had to, like, wear pants to, like, because, I don't know, he was taking, like, some medicine for it. He something. was trying to hide a grotesque injury? Yeah, something like that. I was like going to say, sweatpants don't count, right? <laughs> Not really, yeah, no. It was sweatpants. It was sweatpants? It was sweatpants. Oh, okay. I'll say, so it's, if you can see the man's calves, it's a pretty rare occasion, right? Yeah. I, I'll take Jerry? sweatpants. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even freshman year when it was snowing, I played at Pine River, he was still wearing shorts, and I'm like, 
I'm sitting here bundled up in three sweatshirts, freezing, and he's wearing shorts. I'm like, how is this possible? You got like hand yeah. warmers. Well, and yeah. Even that Blizzard game, what was that? Two, was that two years ago? Yeah. The Blizzard game that was at Thoroughly. 16, yeah. And yeah. then what, the game up at the playoff game up in Boyne City. Yeah. That was snowing and yeah, was 20 some degrees. There, so. No, it's colder than that. I think it was 18. I get tweeted out during the game. It's 18 degrees, and Jerry Panzer still doesn't have pants on. <laughs> so it's like he's like hand sanitizer. 99.9 percent of the time, you're gonna yep. see Jerry Andrews in pants. The 0.1 percent, it's probably because of a grotesque injury. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, what you got? Uh, a six-year-old child asks you if Santa Claus is real. What do you say? Depends on who the six-year-old child is. Like, if I know this six-year-old child and he's related to me, I'm going to tell him the honest truth. But if it's some random kid, I don't yeah. want to ruin some random kid's day. So I'll tell him that But, you, but you'll ruin your relative's day. Oh, yeah. yeah like, like they got to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a spoiler, too? Yeah, I'll, t- I'll do the same thing as him. <laughs> See, my mom, always, my mom always got me with the, if you don't believe, you don't receive. So that's what I always tell little kids. It's not my point. It's not my prerogative to tell you if it's real or not. But if you don't believe, you ain't gonna get shit. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think my parents ever really told me that Santa was real. I just I don't think they ever. There was no one way or the other. I don't think they ever said he wasn't. You know, yeah. so they just let me play along with the whole thing. And I mean, my parents I would do the did whole, for a while. They would do the whole thing. They'd bring my uh, horses, uh, my neighbor's horses, over, and they'd make the horse do like foot tracks in the snow so I'd like think that there were reindeer in the driveway when I was younger so keep the magic alive yeah. don't just tell your six year old <laughs> relatives that Santa Claus <laughs> may or may not be real that's just some in dedication case, to the story though just in case we have any young children listening in the car with their parents Santa Claus may or may not be real it's up for you to decide alright ask your parents <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really uncomfortable conversation alright Here's here's another here's one that I'm really interested to think what you guys uh, what you or know what you guys think. What do you guys think cats dream about? You know, I think they dream of like those like things that you hold over them, like those little mice like a little puffball or whatever. Yeah, like that or chasing something because yeah, sometimes when they're sleeping, you see their little legs moving, chasing like, oh. rats or something. Chasing rats. Do you guys think that like cats are actually really into like mice and rats? Because I've never seen like domesticated cats actually like deal with those yeah i had a cat a while ago that you would like bring rats home yeah he's like a barn cat my my cat did my cat was afraid of rats like when i had it like it would see one and it'd run the opposite way and i'm like what are you doing okay do your job i think we have one more (laughs) all right what was the worst first impression that you ever gave somebody when i was working at boondocks and there were these five sweet old ladies sitting in the booth i had to bring them water and I slipped on water while bringing to them, and I just spilled all the water all over them, <laughs> and I felt so bad. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, they were, a... they were so nice about it, but I was just like, oh. They probably didn't actually know who you were, though, so that's a good thing. They're just like, oh, those are yeah. just Ben from, from Boondocks. Not Ben Kroll, the senior from Glen Lake. <laughs> now they're going to listen to this podcast. They're coming back for blood. But, yeah, so that was the Freaky Fast Five. Uh, nod to our sponsors, Ed Jimmy John's. Uh, we're going to get into some... A little bit more harder-hitting questions now. We want to talk about the Glen Lake Lakers football season thus far, and then we're going to get into the big matchup uh, for this weekend. But we haven't really had the chance to talk to you two so far this season, so I want to you know, start off with, you know, you guys knew that you had a lot of size coming back, uh, but you know, with re-stepping in a quarterback, there were still questions um, as to what was going to be, uh, you know, what the season was going to be like. But now we're six games in. You guys are already a lock for the playoffs, and you're, and you're looking towards a, good, a big game. Um, 
when you when, now now that you look at where you are now, how close is it to where you thought you guys were going to be when you started the season? So coming into the season, you know, we do a boot camp every year, which is in the summer. We go out and we get together, and it's like team bonding for a couple of days. And I think then we seeing our team seeing our team as close as it was, which has been so much better in years past. I think we realized that you know we have a lot of potential. And that after that, I saw more guys getting into the weight room during the summer and more guys doing stuff. And I think that really, really showed, you know, we have high expectations for this year and we still hold ourselves to those. Now, uh, obviously, you're staring down the barrel of Kingsley. It's, it's a non-conference matchup, which, I mean, I'm sure win or lose, that, that's a good thing for you guys at this point in the season. You get to see some pretty good uh, competition outside of your regular schedule. Um, what do you think that a game like that does for you guys in week number seven? Only a couple weeks removed from, uh, you know, the playoffs starting. But I'm sure you guys have been looking at this exact, this exact game for a while, knowing that this is going to be a battle. Uh we have started the playoffs, and we, like, consider this one of our playoffs games. So that's just, like, how serious we're going to take this from here on out, no matter who we're playing. You know, I think, you know, you know, we were preparing for this, you know, like a playoff team like we would. We're going to prepare for every other team like a playoff team, and that's how we have to consider it now because we're not just fighting, you know, just because now that we've made it, we're not just fighting for playoffs. We're fighting, you know, for home field advantage and all the perks that can come with that. So that, mm -hmm. you know. The farther we get and the better we get, that's just we have to fight even harder and work even harder. How much do you remember last year's game against Kingsley? Um, do you want to play by play? <laughs> 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 Might be able to give that one to you. <laughs> so you guys, you guys sit on it pretty much. You guys have sat on it for quite a while now. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, you know, I think it's going to fuel a lot of guys. You know, I mean, we, you know, we, we it was our first, it was the salute to service game. It was the first one. You know, we did not play the way we wanted to. And so this year, you know, we're looking to fix those mistakes and, you know, really come out and hit them hard. So. Now, I know, I know we kind of talked just a little bit about this before we started recording, uh, but you guys now own sole possession of uh, number one in Division Six, And you guys uh, obviously have, have impressed everybody around the state. But kind of like you said, the, the higher you get, the more that, the more that you win, the harder that you got to go. Does that add any fuel to you guys one way or the other? Do you feel like you have a target on your back? Do you feel like it's something that you, you're just expected to maintain? How does that number one ranking kind of gel with the team? Well, you know, after every weekend, people send in the rankings to like a group chat we have, and then we just always tell them, you know, rankings don't really mean much, but work even harder. Yeah, it's pretty simple. You know, I mean, it does put a target, a target on our back. You know, our coach tells us, you know, Every week we're playing the best team in the state because, you know, we're playing ourselves at that point. And, you know, if we if we don't make mistakes and we finish through, we think, you know, we think we, there's a lot that we can accomplish, and that's how people see it. You know, if a team beats us, you know, that's a huge win for them. And so that just makes us have to work even harder and harder, and you can really see it throughout these weeks. What uh, what do you have to do differently than, uh, than last year against Kingsley? I mean, Kingsley's going to be the same offense, uh, same group of running backs, same quarterback coming at you. Um, what do you guys got to do differently? Line up correctly. There are so many times where we didn't line up right and we had guys in the wrong spots. I feel like if we just line up correctly, things will take care of ourselves. Yep. Just execute. You know, just execute the game plan. Whatever coach has for us, we know it will work, and we just got to execute it out there on the field. You know, one of the big differences between uh, the Lakers and the Stags is that size versus speed discrepancy. I mean, we've talked about the offensive line that you're a part of, Ben, uh, on this podcast in particular and, and in our – 
in our regular print publication quite often just about how big you guys are. Um, I think we were talking about it earlier. We said we pretty sure you guys could outweigh the, almost the entire Kingsley defense with just with just you five. How much do you think um, that's going to play a role in the game? The side versus the size versus speed disparity between your guys' two two teams and. How much are you guys preparing for that little bit of extra juice from Kingsley? You know, offensive line-wise, we're preparing for it. Like, you know, they're the fastest people out there. Like, we get they're not, you know, we get they're not the biggest. But to us, that means nothing. To us, they're still great players. They can still get off the ball fast. And so, as an offensive line, we just have to prepare for that, no matter, no matter the size. I mean, I get, you know, we are bigger, but it doesn't mean anything once you get on that field. Now, your guys' defense has done an outstanding job of holding people down this year. Pretty sure you guys haven't allowed more than 14 points. Um, so obviously only a couple a couple of mistakes here or there, and you're looking at, you know, zeros across the board. Um, how much have you guys focused on the defensive side of the ball this year? I mean, we've seen your offense put up 50, 60 points almost with ease, but what would you say has been your focus on defense and how much has it changed from last year? I mean, we, we know that the defensive side of things wasn't quite as good last year. I think with the people coming back from last year, we, they're already familiar with how the defenses ran. And like I said before, it's just lining up correctly and knowing where to go and how to do your job. Yeah, and I think, what, 10 of your guys, 10 of your starters on defense started at some point last year. Mm -hmm, yep. So you guys had a pretty decent number of, amount of experience there, more yep. so even than, than yeah. an offense. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we, we did talk a bit about the size of your offensive line, but I want to talk about Reese Hazleton for a minute. Uh, probably, well... The biggest quarterback in the in Northern Michigan, uh, him being what six seven, probably two thirty. Uh, he but he's been mobile in the backfield as well. How much has his dual threat ability been able to help you guys, and especially on offense? What is it like having a guy like that behind you um, that you're protecting for? Well, we know he's you know he's cool and he's calm and collected. You know he he knows to make the right reads. He'll put us in the right play, and you know we just trust him back there. And you know if something collapses, he'll make a big run for it, and we can trust that he can throw the ball down there. So as an offensive line, if we just give him enough time, we know that he'll make the play for us. Yeah, like in the huddle, he's always telling us to like calm down if we're getting out of control or if we're getting on a good run, he's always telling us to speed up, speed up. Okay. So it's, both, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Like he, he can be there when he needs to bring you down and he can be there when he needs to push you up. Yep. Yeah. Were you guys, I, I know you guys have played with, along with him for a couple of years, but um, with him being the starting quarterback this year, were you surprised a little bit about how much he likes to take off and run? Um, I would I would almost think that Rich Wallace would maybe be kind of in Jerry Andrews here, kind of going like, "Hey, maybe not let him run as much." Uh, you know, we got a basketball season coming up. Yeah, yeah and I know basketball is is a sport, but you know he cares he cares about football a lot too. So you can see, you know, with the choices he makes, you know, it's all winning choices. If he has to take a run, he'll do it. If he has to throw the ball, he'll do it. You know, he's he's a winning quarterback, and you know that's what we like about him. Now, uh, we, we know that, you know, your Glen Lake squads over the past five years have made some pretty good runs, and obviously you guys have had some pretty uh, pretty talented teams over the last few years. How would you guys describe this team in comparison to some of the things that you saw when you were, say, a freshman or a sophomore? What would you guys say is the potential for this year compared to some of those other years that uh, Laker Faithful have seen you guys make a pretty deep run? I feel like attitude-wise, we're a lot more focused than previous years like our theme this year is to finish and one of those ways that that theme fits in is to finish what our freshman year what we started our freshman year in 2016 how we made that big run to states we want to finish that and get that victory at the end yeah and camaraderie is huge you know 
you look at back at our 2016 team and those teams, I mean, they've just, they were so close together as a whole team. You know, everyone was close. There was no one on the outs. There was no one, you know, that, you know, wasn't part of the team. And, you know, I feel like that's this year was just, that's one of the big things that we have is that camaraderie. Now, one one story, I mean, I know you guys were just a part of the, of the video, and there's obviously been a lot of national news that came up with Forest Area, you know, joining your guys' football team to kind of be your band. Um, I know a lot of people have, have liked that feel-good story over the last couple of weeks. Wanted to ask from your guys' perspective, obviously, you know, varsity football team without a band um, that hasn't always had that full-fledged support uh, of them in the stands. What's it feel, or what did it feel like, and what does it feel like knowing that you kind of have the support of not only a whole other school, but you know people are actually there with uh, with their instruments playing for you guys? It feels great. I feel like it adds a bunch of energy to the environment and gets people riled up a lot more. Yeah, our crowd is just so more. It just they just seem so much more energetic, especially with that band playing, and you know you can feel the energy just go up even on the sideline and stuff. Everyone's jumping around, you know, high fiving, getting hyped. So. Yeah, you know, it's huge what they've done, so we're really thankful for them. But with it being in the news, it's the same thing as rankings. Like, oh, yeah, it's in the news, but we can't get sidetracked yeah. with that. we yep. got to stay focused. Now, do they, do they like, play your guys' fight song and stuff like that? Yep. Yeah, the, right. the crazy thing was is they learned our fight song in, like, an hour before they got there. Yeah, so, so that was pretty awesome of them. So. Okay, okay, that's pretty sweet. So I got representation from both sides. That's, that's an awesome story. Mm -hmm. You got anything else? We were talking earlier about college players stuff like that how's uh you guys looking for college are you looking at you getting much interest from schools i know you know you got quite a decent amount in the off season from the from the camp tours and stuff like that but how, how's that going for you guys so i don't know if you guys heard so i am uh committed to play at saginaw valley state okay. um so i am verbally committed to play there and i'm you know i'm super excited about it but you know right now it's just focusing right on this season and focusing on this team before you know even think you know really thinking about college but Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm still pretty excited about it. So then you get to go and try to pancake uh, Duke Andrews. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to. practice, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to get pancaked a couple of times, especially if he tries to line up on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got two offers right now, and I'm working on a few others. But, you know, it, it is in the back of my mind after every game, like, oh, how are my highlights? How, who do I got to send them to? What do I got to do to get the next offer? But... I'm just trying to stay focused on this season because it's what's important right now. All right, well, that's going to do it for our time with the Glen Lake Lakers, Jonathan Wright and Ben Kroll. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for coming and joining us uh, ahead of your game with Kingsley and spending some time with the get-around. Thank you for having us. Yep, thank you. Another big thank you to Glen Lake's Ben Kroll and Jonathan Wright for joining us here at the Get Around ahead of their game with the Kingsley Stags on Friday at 7 o'clock. That's a lead to service game out at Kingsley. I'm sure a lot of you guys will be there. Some of us will be there. So we'll see. Maybe you're listening to this right now in your car as the game's about to start. On the way there, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see you out there. But that interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. That's going to move us into my egregious statement segment, segment where you guys tell me if I'm right, wrong, or if we still do not know the answer to this said question. Uh, I guess we could the call Captain it. The Captain Hindsight? Well, yeah, we could, yeah, basically. We could call it right, wrong, or otherwise. or Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. whatever you guys want to call it. Captain Obvious. Yeah, I got a few, I got a few here to uh, set us off with. Uh, first one might be a little controversial, but 
Traverse City St. Francis football. It's not what it used to be. Is that right? Wrong? Or we still don't know? That is right. Yeah, I mean, they are not what they were last season. They were up 17-0 and let Boyne City right back into the game last Friday night. Boyne City's not having a phenomenal year. So for St. Francis to let that team back into the game, that's not a typical St. Francis team. Boyne does get up for St. Francis every year. They do. They do. But But to jump out 17-0 and then let them climb right back into it. Yeah, now they jump up 17-0 but then not be able to add to it. Yeah, that's... At all. I'm sure they're tinkering with that stuff, but they are not where they usually are. And curious to see how it goes with them going forward because they're going to have I mean, some big I, opponents and I, they're going to have high expectations in the playoffs just being them. I was going to say, and I'm just going to make this just because it might be the only time I'll be able to say this at this particular point, but Tra- Traverse City St. Francis technically still is not a lock for the playoffs. They only have five they're wins. They're a team at five wins that would for sure get in. I, I understand. I'm just saying technically mm-hmm. not a I lock for the playoffs. But, I mean, even Grayling... When I, I just saw them two weeks ago, Grayling went up on them fourteen to zero in the first. Uh, the Grayling first Grayling's a weird team this year because they gave Kingsley a good punch for a while there too. So Grayling can play to its opponents when it has to. But yes, that's I was another. Just, yeah, I was just surprised because I mean St. Francis, the first play from scrimmage, boom, Grayling scores. Next possession, boom, Grayling scores on like an eighty-yard touchdown pass, which like just something that I have. I'm not accustomed. It's to seeing unfamiliar, yeah. But James. Am I right? Am I wrong? Or we, oh, we I think don't right. I, I do think they'll make the playoffs. Um, I, I see them beating Sheboygan this week. I see them beating Kalkaska the week after that. Then they got number one Muskegon Oak Ridge, I believe, coming here mm-hmm. for week nine. That'll be a real test. I mean, we'll we'll see where they're at then because, you know, all these guys, I mean, they lost every starter but one on both sides of the ball. So everybody was saying the same thing about St. Francis at the beginning of the year that, oh, by the end of the season – these guys will know what they're doing. They'll they'll be fine. They'll be a normal St. Francis team. So we'll see if by the end of the season that's, that's okay. what it is. Well, I also think it's unfair to judge these kids by teams from years past. Now, can oh, you say course. the consistency of the program? That's my big thing. Yes, you want to keep thing. that up. You want to win games you're supposed to win and not let teams back into games or jump out on you like we've seen the past few weeks. And I'm sure that's bothering them too. But as far as comparing this group of St. Francis players to years past – as far as experience alone, oh, yeah, we're not idea. we're not going to debate talent because you can't get that deep with it. We, we none of us really know for sure, but experience alone, there, there was just way big difference between this year's team and last year's or the yeah, past yeah. five years' teams, and so and you just kind of wait and see. And they are still four and two, and those two losses are to two teams that are ranked in the top five of their divisions. Yeah. So they got hey, the they're getting lost to have been. They're getting the wins, good. yeah. And they're going to get another one. At the end of the, At the year, the year we're going to see another top five team. So, so even if it was next year, which they is could, playoff points, they could play good. a surprise team in the playoffs. For all we know, at this point, with them being so under the radar. I mean, even if they lose to Oak Ridge, you, you're with your if, if you're six and three, you go into the playoffs. All three of your losses are to teams that are going to win eight, nine games, possibly state championships in their divisions. Yeah, you're you're talking about a lot of playoff points that they're going to have from that. Um, it would be even more next next year when they do the new system. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so uh, they could be a team at six and three that could get a home game in the first round. All right, next team or next question, I guess, would be the right way to put it. Yeah, it's a team. Did we underestimate Boyne City soccer? James, you and I talked about this a little bit last week. Niels Ronow has been on a tear for them. They have a couple of guys who are very, very good at putting the ball in the net. Their defense has stepped up big time over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we didn't really talk about it much at all. 
at the beginning of the year, but here we are now. Do we underestimate Boyne City Soccer? Probably. Maybe? Probably so, yeah. Probably maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they send a, a pretty clear message to everybody when they beat Elk Rapids. I mean, anytime you do that, a team from up here especially does that. That that puts people on notice. They've just been one of those teams that just seems to be able to fight against everybody. You, you know, they're not necessarily winning games 8 to nothing, 7 to nothing all the time. You know, they're winning 2 to 1 and 3 to 2 games. Yeah. Which is what the kind of games you're going to have to claw, win. Yeah. The games you're going to have to win in the playoffs. So maybe that translates to uh, to some playoff success. You know, you know, you hope so. They beat Elk Rapids, but then I couldn't help but notice they lost to TC Christian last week when I was there. TC Christian's a good. I'm not knocking TC Christian, but Elk Rapids is a step above TC Christian. That's. I I would still put TC Christian in, in no, TC as, Christian as one of the best soccer teams it, in Northern Michigan this this fall. Yeah, I would say you could make the question about them as far as underestimating. Yeah. But uh, for Boyne, my point going forward here is I think that was the loss they just had. They're hosting them in the district opener this Thursday, I believe. Uh, they're not looking past them at all. Like that is the game for them, and I think that in a big way defines a lot of their season. Are they going to get out of the first round and give Elk Rapids a try in the final? or whenever they'd match up in the bracket, or are they going to suffer another loss to the Sabres? I think that game Thursday means a lot to define what they've done this season. All right, next statement. Petoskey is going to top TC Central in girls cross country in the BNC this year. This what was past, our just, prediction before was TC Central yes, would? Yes, TC Central would win, but not by just a very knowing, slim of margins. I think Petoskey is a strong program, and, and for being second-ranked in just, Division Two, it's great, but I... I'll I've known Lisa Taylor there. for forever. The Trojans get it done in those big stages. And so until I see that Petoskey pulls that upset, I still think Central's the favorite. It, just because knowing their, their tradition and, and Lisa Taylor's game plan, I mean, she is just a phenomenal coach, maybe to a fault as far as, I'm not saying overworking, but, you know, making sure those girls are prepared and they are just high school kids, but uh, they're going to be ready. But, hey, if Petoskey pulls the upset, so we're, we, we're yet to find out is the answer to the question from you. I think Central's still going to win. Okay, so I'm wrong. And then yeah, what? I believe it. I, I believe it when I see it. So I'm wrong. Is is what is what I would say. Yeah, Lisa Taylor will have. I mean, they they taper their training and everything is geared towards the postseason. So I, I wouldn't necessarily put regular season results head to head and and until we see them head to head. Yeah. I think because I think Central will be at their best in the postseason. All right, one more question for you fellas. We just got some questions answered this past weekend, but it was a one-point difference between Gaylord St. Mary and Sutton's Bay in eight-man football. Yeah, have we not touched on that? Yet? Yeah, it doesn't get it doesn't get much closer than that. We talked about these had to be the best two eight-man teams in Northern Michigan, some of the best eight-man teams in the state. The matchup obviously didn't disappoint. Now, right, wrong, or we still don't know. Gaylord St. Mary is definitively the best eight-man team in northern Michigan now that they beat Sutton's Bay. Knowing what we know, yes. I mean, they they beat Sutton's Bay's beaten Onekama, and Gaylord St. Mary goes to Sutton's Bay and wins that game, come from behind fat. What were they down? Two touchdowns? Is that what I heard? So, I mean, they've shown us with the blueprint. That's the evidence you got to go by, and uh, Sutton's Bay is a strong program as well. Maybe we'll see them play again in the playoffs. Maybe we won't, depending on how the – the numbers shake out for each bracket of the the, the eight man pools, but I would say St. Mary's right now for sure the James? most impressive team. I mean, the scores tell you, yeah. 
I mean, they, they, I mean it's they only one point. Home. That's why, yeah, that's I, know. why yeah, I, I know. Asked. But it's, it's a come a, from behind on the, the road. Closest, it's the closest yeah. you could possibly come between it, two It was also teams. Gaylord St. Mary's first game against a quality opponent, whereas Sutton's Bay's played those games. So Norseman kind of knew what to expect, maybe not specifically with Gaylord St. Mary, but what to expect with a tough team in front of you. I, and, we didn't know how St. Mary's was going to perform in that situation. And Sutton's Bay probably had a lot less tape a reliable tape to go on because <laughs> they haven't played games. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> Mary hasn't really played anybody close. Uh, they, you know, Mayo was within two or three scores of them. That was about it. And and Mayo's a four and two team, and St. Mary still kind of destroyed them. And they play them again you know, week eight yeah. this week or this, the rest of the season. But I mean, Brady Hunter at quarterback has just been unstoppable. If some team finds a way to stop him, then maybe you can be a Gaylord St. Mary. But nobody's done that yet. You know, he's really good at running the ball and then when you start overplaying running the ball he can throw it too and and they've got they've got kids there that they can help him on you know logan morrell on the axe all those guys uh so they've got people around him and you know it'll be interesting to see these all three of these the more the three dominant eight player teams in the sutton's bay onekama and st mary's exciting to see him in the playoffs because two of them are probably gonna play each other yeah and then your surprise team in the in the eight player around here is is Misik, I think. I mean, they're 5-1. and one. Yeah. I don't think we brought them up yet this season on the podcast. I don't think so. They've only- That's going to lead us into the Get Around Hall of Fame, where we induct one more member into the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. We have three more very worthy candidates up this week. We're going to make it quick. I have a candidate after talking to Traverse City Central head coach Lois McManus this past weekend that uh, I definitely think is worthy of a nomination to at least – Traverse City Central Golf's Emlyn Munch uh, took second place at the Khaki Classic this past weekend. Actually was the low medalist in round one after shooting an 80, and then in round two tied um, with, with her competition, ended up going into, with a 78, ended up going into a three-hole playoff and falling in the third hole after her putt rang out of the rim, rolled around the outside, and just sat on the, uh, sat on the edge, uh, but took second place at the Khaki Classic only by way of playoff and uh, was very proud, or at least Coach McManus was very proud of her, and so that was probably some of the best golf she ever saw her play. James, who is your nomination? Do you have to wear khakis in the khaki classic? That's what I thought you said. Ask Jim Harbaugh. (laughs) Callan Wildfong for Buckley Soccer. I mean, he had five goals in a 8-7 to game against Glen Lake, and, uh, you know, Glen Lake had pulled ahead of that game after I think Buckley had gone out, or no, Glen Lake had gone out 3 nothing. Buckley pulled back even with him. Then Glen Lake opened the second half with scoring three more goals, and then Buckley pulled back even with him. And then Kellen Wildfong took over. All right, so five goals from Kellen Wildfong and a comeback win over Glen Lake. Harrison, who you got putting up this week? Uh, we just mentioned how impressive Gaylord St. Mary's has been, uh, and Brady Hunter specifically, 138 rush yards, two rushing TDs, 94 yards through the air, a passing touchdown, but defensively, 10 tackles and two sacks and a pick. In a win over Sutton's Bay, obviously a very big uh, game for Brady Hunter. Fellas, let's put it up to a vote. I'll go first. I'm going to vote for Kalen Wildfong. Five goals and a comeback win over Glen Lake. A pretty big game for them after especially getting routed by Glen Lake earlier in the season. Obviously had to feel pretty good. What about you, Harrison? Uh, I'm going to go Brady. I, I think offensively and defensively in that game, I, I've nominated Brady before. I, I think he's worthy of the spot this week. James, you're the tiebreaker. What do we got here? I'm going to go with Callan Wildfong. Uh, you know, John Brimley talked about how huge this was, of a game this was for him. They needed like a 
memorable win that season, and, and that was it. So, I mean, Five Kansas City Mary is, is pretty memorable, too, that win against the next one. Or Suns Bay. Yeah, but definitely, I would say, uh, five goals, definitely worthy. So congratulations to Buckley's Callan Wildfong. You are now the newest member into Northern Michigan's most exclusive club, the Get Around Hall of Fame. That's going to lead us into our final and favorite segment of the podcast, the trifecta. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to get into the October spooky season and talk about our biggest fears. I know this is probably even scary to talk about, gentlemen. But, I mean, I can lead off this segment because I always got something to say. Eggs. And no, well, yeah, eggs are a big fear of mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've, this fear has just been reiterated, reiterated more and more over the last couple of weeks because I've just been watching Blue Planet nonstop. But I think the thing that I'm scared of the most is the deep, open ocean. I know it's some place that I will I never, like, I'll never go or I'll never even, like, be partially, like, exposed to, you know, because you'd have to be in a submarine if you, like, wanted to be down there. But, like, those ugly angler fish and, like, these huge sharks and, like, 15-foot-long, like, bioluminescent eels that are just, like, swimming around in the oceans out here, that is by far, like, the nastiest, creepiest, fear-mongering thing that I can think of. Just, just getting dumped off a boat in the middle of the ocean and only God, literally only God knows what's going to come So up. you don't want any Somalian pirates kidnapping you anytime soon? No, or, you know, at any, I don't want to get capsized or have a plane crash in the middle of the ocean because the last thing I need is, like, imagine if you just, like, were in the middle of a sinking airplane. It was nice and sealed. The fuselage was, you know, airtight, and you're just going down, and outside your window you just see, like, some, like, 25-foot bioluminescent eel waiting for your waiting for your ship just to, or waiting for your airplane to fill with water so it can come in Sweet and just. Sweet you. Yeah, yeah, come in and just, like, suck your insides out. I'll pass. Well, my, mine kind of piggybacks off yours because I, I'm just going to be broad and say the great unknown. If I'm in the middle of the ocean, if I'm in outer space, if I'm in the middle of the woods and I don't know where I am, like, I'm creeped out. I'm I'm not comfortable with what I'm If I have no idea what's around me as far as animals. Yeah. <laughs> other, like, Predators. I'm not, yeah, I'm not messing with something in their habitat because hopefully they're not messing with me and mine. But I, I just think that's, yeah, you put somebody in that situation, it's, what do you you're almost helpless until you find help well especially in the middle <laughs> of the ocean that's what i mean like you well, that's why i said our space yeah man you'd be just like sitting there just like you'd have to try to tread water until you died that's basically what it is you're gonna work out until you die so james is your biggest fear that there won't be enough hops left on planet earth in 20 years Ooh, that's that's not bad it's one to bookend there's just a giant hops Purge, shortage <laughs> you know or a disease and beer is just all canceled hops. forever yeah, that would be pretty good what's your biggest fear james uh the hops thing was pretty good but then what you can't your biggest fear can't be something that somebody else has just thought about for you because they obviously weren't scared of it before true i i don't know i mean like you said that like unknown is a is a big one like i'm not really scared of the dark or water per se you know, being, out, like the, being, out, in the, being out in the open open water, um, it you know it's just a little weirder when you don't know what's what else is there. That's you all know, that like is. If, if I'm in the water, but you can see down in the water and you know what's there, you know, or, or if you, I don't know. What I'm I gathering, guess, is, I guess, in the dark, I'm not guessing that there's a monster five feet in front of me. What I'm gathering is we're all smart enough to know what's on planet Earth, and we're all smart enough to know to not mess with what we don't know is on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, but they say they've they've only explored one percent of the ocean. Yeah, I'm not gonna mess with like 100% of the ocean. I don't need. To, I don't even need to explore that one percent because what they found in the one percent is just 
skin crawling. The one thing that gets into the back of my head one time, once in a while is when we get out of work at late at night, and I get home at you know one o'clock or so, and I have been told by someone else that we that there was a bear saw in our neighborhood. A bear? Yeah. So every once in a while, you know, I'll just be walking down the driveway after getting out of my car, and if I hear something, I'm just like. I wonder if this is the time I see a bear. Do you think you could fight a bear? No. Like even a small black bear? <laughs> Why would I? I mean, like if it came after you, would you play dead or would you try to fight it? I think playing, you got to like DiCaprio it, right? And just play dead. I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if that my, my initial reaction would be to just lay there. Even though no matter how many times I've been told just like, I think it's play dead for a brown bear, a grizzly bear, like a brown bear, and you have to fight back with a black bear. I don't know. Maybe our listeners know. We only have one more thing to do for episode number 96 of the Get Around, and that is getting you fed. We had another loyal listener. And not to bears. Yeah, and not to bears, exactly. We had another loyal listener interact with our podcast this week. Miles Murphy, you are our big winner for this week, so keep a lookout. We will be in contact with you to send out two free Jimmy John's sandwich coupons. So make sure that you listen, like, share, subscribe. Something that we get to notice that you're you're one of our Audible viewers, and we will get you fed. But without any further ado, my name's Jake Atnip, in the studio with James Cook and 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you for episode number 97.